Welcome to episode 23 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Great to see you tonight. How you doing, Owen? I'm doing great, Matt. Another great week of baseball in the books, and we got episode 23 coming in. We do. We have Dolan O'Castle of the Westfield Starfires on this podcast episode. He is actually making his return to the league tonight on release day. That is Thursday, August 13th. Westfield will be in New Britain to take on the Bees. Dolan was a great interview, really personable guy, and had a lot of really cool things to say. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. And now, Owen, what have you seen on the Futures League dime in the last couple days? Yeah, Matt. So I was in Brockton for two days of great baseball. First night, Tuesday night, Brockton comes in, ties the game thanks to Jacob Studley and wins it in the home run derby thanks to Jake Geloff. And Wednesday night, Brockton wins it thanks to a home run by Buddy Dwayne and two hits from Pat DeSalvo. Two big wins to keep them in the running with first place and second place, Worcester and Nashua. Big game that Brockton picked up on Worcester and Nashua. We mentioned Dolan's making his return in New Britain. I was at New Britain Stadium the last two evenings. So first off on Monday night, it was a great game between Worcester and the New Britain Bees. Todd Peterson walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. The Bees were down to their final strike. Great performance out of him. And then last night, crazy back-and-forth game between Nashua and New Britain. Nashua scores four runs in the top of the ninth, ends up getting the win after 19 hits and leaving 20 runners on base. And with Worcester winning a doubleheader against Westfield that night, big win for the Silver Knights. Them and Worcester look like they're on a big track to take part in our FCBL championship, which will be coming up next weekend. But still some things to be decided. They're not penciled in just yet. And anything can happen. So we're really excited to see what happens down the stretch. Yeah, it's going to be a great next week. We can't wait to see who makes the championship and who ultimately holds that FCBL trophy at the end of the day. We'll be there taking you guys through all the action. But first, let's get into our interview with Dolan O'Castle. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. This summer, he returned to Bullens Field for the second season in the Futures League. It is Dolan O'Castle, second baseman for the Westfield Starfires. Dolan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, boys. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. I know that you were itching to come on, and it's an interview that we really wanted to make happen. So the pleasure is all ours as well. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to chat. Do it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Let's get right into it. This season, you're hitting 269, and you were an active part of the lineup early in the season. How have you felt about your play this summer? I'm actually very excited about how I'm swinging the bat, how I'm playing defense, and um, just just being able to get in there with the lineup with some of these big names, some of the big boys, big schools, and it's just a pleasure to to be out there with them every day. I can't wait to get back out there. And you say you can't wait to get back out there. You've been on the sidelines for the last two weeks. Uh, we spoke. You told me that you returned home to get an MRI on your knee. How are you feeling right now? And what have you gone through the last couple of days since you've left Westfield to take care of some personal issues health-wise? Yeah, so I actually I shut it down, I think, about a week ago. So I've been taking it slow. Doc said I could continue playing, but it might hurt a little bit, a little bit of discomfort. But I saw I saw Dr. Ahmad on the Yanks yesterday, and uh, he said I'm, he gave me the all clear, so I'm ready to get it back out there. And that's the greatest news I've heard in a while, so that's good. I'm excited. So you told us you saw a little birdie floating around the MRI office. You want to uh, you want to tell the fans about who you saw at the MRI office the other day? Yeah, so I'm actually sitting in the office, and I had a one o'clock appointment. I'm just like 
dad, this is driving me nuts. It's two o'clock. Why am I waiting so long? And I look to my right, he taps me and big G man, Giancarlo Stanton walks right out. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's understandable. That's understandable. I think he goes right to the front of the line. I'm, I'm sure. Did you give him any hitting tips? <laughs> oh, maybe he could give me some, some power tips. I'll give him the contact tips. He could give me some power ones. I love it. So that sounds like a little, little give and take to me. We love to hear that. And you mentioned the doctor said that you should be clear to play soon. If you're able to return to the lineup in the next week, what would it mean to you to be able to return to the Starfires for this final stretch run? Oh, hell yeah. The boys, the boys have been picking it up right now. They're swinging about well. I mean, I think they put what 16 runs up the other night. So the bats are hot. I've been in my cage swinging. I've been working. I got one right outside, right outside my back door. So I'm getting my timing down. And I think Thursday in New Britain, I'll be back out there and I'm ready to go. Nothing like playing in New Britain. We'll mark our calendars and I will definitely be there. I might have been there already, but now that you mentioned it, I will, I will make a special trip down there to see the return of like Dolan. You played for Westfield during their inaugural season last summer. You guys struggled as a whole record-wise, but you've made a lot of strides in 2020. You mentioned playing alongside big names from big schools. First off, what does it mean to you to be a Starfire, and what transformation have you seen from 2019 to this summer? Oh, of course. So it was great. I, I, I came to Westfield about midsummer last year, and right away you could tell the, the camaraderie around the, around the field, the boys. Um, you could just tell everyone was there for one another, helping each other out. And especially this year, um, you could just tell. You could see the jump in rosters. No, no disrespect to the boys I was with last year because those are good ball players who really love to play. But I don't know. There's just there's just been this different kind of buzz around Bowen's Field, and I think it's great. I think it's great for the organization, great for the league, and just great for baseball in the Northeast. To be honest. Yeah, and one thing I noticed when I was there personally was the defense improved so much. How have you guys felt like you've how have you guys felt like you've grown defensively as a team since last year? Oh, definitely. So, I don't know if this is true, but they said they, uh, they resurfaced the infield. So, you can be the judge of that. But it, it does play a little nicer. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I think another thing was just mentally in our heads last year, a lot of the guys, I could just tell right when I showed up, um, everyone was like, oh, Bowen's hop, Bowen's hop. I, I don't think that's been an issue this year. Everyone's just like, all right, make the next play. And I think that, that goes a long way. And speaking of 2019, a lot of guys returned from last year, including Danny Crossan, who we had on this podcast previously, Devin Kellogg, and Chase Jeter. What kind of relationship do you have with those guys? I have a great relationship with, with all the returners and, and the new guys, of course, as well. But Kellogg's great. I mean, we were on the all-rookie team together, actually, last year, uh, my, our freshman year at Albany. So I, I came my first day, and I was introducing myself to the boys, and I said, Hey, how you doing? I'm Dolan Castle, And he said, I know exactly who you are. I got a picture with you in my bedroom. <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, yeah, so Danny Cross and I actually, I played um, my post-grad year of high school, my fifth year of high school at Cheshire Academy under Coach John Toffey. I played with him. So it's awesome. We're three years playing ball with him and just, it's great to be out there with him and nothing better than watching that lefty chase shooter throw the ball. That kid, that kid gets it done. Yeah, Danny Crossan had a nice home run at uh, Doyle Field a couple last week. I was actually I was home for that, but I was watching it on the um, yeah the big screen outside. So I've been keeping in tune with the boys. So I've been watching them on the big screen, sending them snaps and stuff like that. So it's good to see Danny get one out of there. He's swinging about real well right now. He's heating up good. 
And it's great that you have access to Blueframe where you can follow along in real time and stay in touch with the guys. I'm sure you're still super active in the group chat if I know anything about Dolan Castle. So that's great to hear that you're still <laughs> providing some motivation on the sidelines until you make that return. That's right. That's right. And you talked about the new guys a little bit. Touch on them. What's your relationship with guys like Mark Coley, who played for Pittsfield last year and was also on this podcast, Reggie Crawford, Ramon Jimenez? Been great. Those guys, they – they really – I've been trying to change my game. Not, not too much, but a little tweaks in my swing to get some, some more doubles, some more, more power in there. So talking to the big boys, seeing what they're doing uh, with their launch angle, even, even anything, just something with their back hit, whatever they're doing to let the ball fly. It's just really good to – sounds corny, but really just to pick their brain and just see what, see what they got that I, that I don't know maybe because you never know anything. Every, anytime you go to Bowens, you know you're learning something – whether it be from the top, from the or, uh, top of the organization, all the way to the bottom, you know you're going to learn something that day. Let's talk about the coaching staff for a second. In addition to the handful of returning players, you've also spent two summers with assistant coach Brian Griffin. How has that dynamic evolved over the last two years? And as he is the only returning coach for Westfield, what, advi- what advice have you picked up from him over the last two years? Yeah, Coach Griff's awesome. I told him actually in the text that he's, He's like a father figure to me, even though even though I got a great relationship with my father. But when I go up to Westfield, it's, you got a host family, you get host dad, all that. So Coach Griff, he, he took me in first week I got there. He loved the energy that he gives off. We feed off each other. And he's just really all about just keeping it simple and just having fun. So that's when I'm at my best, just keeping it simple and having fun. He's got that military helmet he wears that's got the Starfires logo on it. How often does he break that out, and what's the backstory behind that? He does. I don't know what the backstory is about that, but, I mean, it seems every time he has that on, we get a rally going, so I'm not asking questions. Don't fix it isn't broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And you have quite the talent at the plate, as we know, but you've also got a little bit of an arm on the mound. You've pitched last season for the Starfires. You took the mound three times in five days at the end of the season. How did it feel to get the chance to finally show your arm off? Oh, it's great to get on that mound. It brings me back to the Little League days. There's nothing quite like it. Just throwing off timing. I mean, just doing what pitchers try to do to me and just see what I can do to them. It's just, it's just awesome getting out there. There's nothing better in sports. I mean, someone could argue quarterback is the best position, but I think pitcher, everything's on you timing what you want to do with the pitch it's all on you so I don't think there's any better position in sports than a pitcher so talk about that mentality for a minute the kind of like it's all in your hands mentality does that ever phase you or is it is that what you want every day you want do you want the pressure do you want to have the clutch moments oh hell yeah I I forget who said it um who was it it was one of the football players that said uh pressure is privilege and I think that's a a fact because I want the bat in my hands, bottom of the ninth. I want the ball in my hands. I want the ball hit to me for the last out of the game. I just, I want to be in the mix in the middle of everything, you know? So I just, I really do. I, I kind of feed off those circumstances or situations. And those really, I, I feel like that's when I put my nose to the grindstone and really get the job done. So for someone who's not as in tune with pitching and being in those situations regularly, what is it like? Your relationship with the catcher, whether he's calling the game, whether he's letting you throw stuff, not dumb it down, but simplify a little bit compared to those sign sequences that would normally be for the guys in the everyday rotation. Oh yeah, that's right. So, so as you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pitcher only. I'm not a, um, normally not a pitcher at school. I never pitched in a, in a real collegiate game other than, than summer. Ball. I'm not saying that summer ball is not real collegiate games because these count more than 
more than anything, really, because um, it's the only thing we got going on right now. But I just I just ride with the catcher. So whatever sign he puts down, I'm going to throw it. I'm not going to shake him off because he's been back there the whole game. So it's good. Um, throwing a tooch, I threw him one inning, uh, and he did a great job just mixing up pitches, throwing this, throwing that. And it's just fun being out there, especially when you got a guy like Tooch back there where, where you know he's going to block every single ball. He's going to throw runners out. Real comfortable when you got when you got a stud catcher back there like Tooch, you know you're you know you're gonna have fun on the mound and you're gonna get it done. Yeah, the pitcher catcher relationship is so important to the, the game as a whole. That's right, hundred percent. And your first appearance last season, it was on July thirty first. You struck out the side against the North Shore Navigators, uh, and you made an insane defensive play as well. What was that like? I did. That was that was real fun. Um. I mean, I was warming up in the bullpen that day. We were, we were short on arms, and we had, like, I think we had 10 position players going out there trying to, trying to get the nod for the, for the afternoon game. And I got the call, and my smile on my face then must have been from year to year, but I was real excited. And um, I was actually practicing that Stroman, just like the pause and stuff. So I get the last guy to 0-2. I look in the dugout. I see Coach Pat Strange pitch for the Mets. He was our pitching coach. He's just shaking his head like this. And I'm like, all right, I got to do it. I just I hold that pause for like two, three minutes, not two, three seconds, not minutes. And, and I just explode a fastball at the top of the zone for strike three. And you should have seen the guys. They were all pumped. I was excited. You know, if we'd only had that blue frame contract one year earlier and then we could cement that moment on video for the rest of Futures League history, that was awesome. So, you know, we're talking right now, your smile, your energy, it's all contagious. You're a super vocal figure in the dugout and on the field. How do you try to use that to your advantage and try to boost your teammates up? Maybe just as we get into the dog days of summer, if there's a game that's back and forth where you feel like energy's down, you know, how do you use that energy to help team chemistry in Westfield, which as you mentioned that you saw in 2019 is so contagious. Yeah. So the team chemistry is great as a whole. I mean, I consider myself kind of like a vocal leader type guy, but I mean, there's like at least 10, 11, 12 guys in that dugout that are the same way. So we just feed off each other and it just creates a great environment in the dugout, especially this year. We got, we got a couple guys, like maybe, maybe they get out and they soak a little bit, but someone's right there to pick them up, give them a tap on the back, even just with the bat in the lineup, just this non deck guy, they're going to get it, get it done for them. So it's, it's just nice having that support as in the lineup, whoever's hitting behind you, like they're going to pick you up and, and with the lineup we got going right now, you know it's going to happen too. And you guys have a broadcaster, speaking of Blue Frame this year, who's super committed, super in tune with the game. We actually showed him this transcript to make sure that there weren't any questions we were missing or asked him if he wanted to ask anything himself. It's Seth Dusalt. Talk about what it's like to see him at the ballpark and the energy that he kind of brings to the call and just to the entire Bullens Field atmosphere. Yeah, Seth, Seth is awesome. I mean – I don't, he's like a little kid at the ballpark. You should see him smiling right when he walks through the gate. He's just excited to be there. Happy to be a part of something special happening at Bowens Field. And I mean, I was, like I said, I was watching the broadcast on my, um, my big projector in my backyard the other night. And uh, who was it that hit the home run at Bowens? It was a bomb. It might've been Andre. And you should have heard him scream. And he was all riled up. Sounded like Michael K. It was awesome. That was in the doubleheader, correct? Where Marrero hit that, two go-ahead home runs and a walk-off. Great game for him. It was. Yeah, he's heating up. I knew, I knew he would get the back going because his BP, he's real consistent with his early work, and I knew that he would get it done. And he's getting to that point right now where, where he's swinging the bat well and finding barrels consistently. 
Yeah, Seth is a great friend of ours, and shout out to him. Shout out to Blue Frame once again for bringing everybody some baseball from home this summer. Before we return to our interview with Dolan O'Castle, once again, we wanted to give a big shout out and thanks to Change Up, one of the FCBL's cornerstone sponsors this season. As you may have learned during our recent Nesson broadcast, how cool was that, by the way? Change Up is a cutting edge player centric pitch and performance management application. By comprehensively and accurately tracking pitch activity and capturing critical in game performance data, Changeup helps baseball coaches protect their pitchers from overuse and helps players reach their full potential safely. We're a little over halfway through the 2020 season, and FCBL teams are already reaping the benefits of the Changeup application, including the ability to keep college coaches informed on what and how their pitchers are doing here in the FCBL. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. Changeup is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. In addition, Changeup's analytics function helps coaches and players understand each pitcher's current performance thresholds and helps inform training protocols to get your players to the next level. The Futures League is bringing you tomorrow's baseball superstars today. Changeup is helping make sure those superstars travel safely and as far as possible on their personal baseball journeys. Are you ready to join the Changeup revolution? For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. ChangeUp, every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Dolan O'Castle. You live with Craig Scherer this summer, really good pitcher for the Starfires and your teammate at UAlbany. What has it been like living with him and your guys' host family? It's been unbelievable. So me and Craig, we go back to, I think it was, I was playing 17 U-ball and he was playing 16 U-ball and we actually got onto the same Georgia roster for um, our travel organization, Baseball U, which is has different states headquarters, but the headquarters where John Wells works out of, Coach John Wells is South Jersey. So they compile the best rosters um, with guys from all these different states. And so I met Craig down there. I actually played with his older brother as well. So it was good to meet him there. I saw he committed to Albany. I texted him right away saying, let's get to work. And, Right when the season ended, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for summer ball. And we knew that we wanted to go somewhere together to play summer ball and spend the summer together. We were exploring some Myrtle Beach League, but it looked like that was only going to be like a two-week, three-week season kind of deal. So so then I got on the phone with Coach uh, – or Evan Morehouse, great guy. And um, I asked if he could take me and Craig on board, and he gave us the okay. So we gave um, a shout-out to our host family. And I think it was Sean Lawler said he's got the best host family in, in the league. I, I think I got you beat with uh, the Waite family over in Southwick, Mass. I think I got you beat, buddy. <laughs> Look at that, the recall from episode one. You told me you were listening episode to a couple one. episodes to prep for this, but I'm impressed, man. You did your homework. <laughs> I did. So Evan Morehouse, your general manager, talk about what he brings to the ball club and your relationship with him. Oh, he's awesome. I mean, he was the GM last year. He put together a solid roster, and now he's in um, director of baseball operations where you could tell he's just comfortable. He's settled down. He's got a couple other minions, I guess I should say, running, running behind the scenes doing some of the dirty work for him. So it's good to see him just be able to enjoy the ball game, just be able to take it in. And he's awesome. I mean, you could say anything to him. He's the same age as my older brother, so I have that kind of older brother relationship with him where I could reach out to him for anything. So it's really good to, to be in contact with Ev. He's a great guy. 
I remember being one of those minions running around behind the scenes last year. Great organization to work for, and Evan's been great. He welcomed me into the family. So can't agree more about that success and that mentality in Westfield, top to bottom within the organization, everyone involved. I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everyone top to bottom from the owners, from Donnie Morehouse to CT, all the way down to the, to the interns. It's really just it's a family atmosphere out in Westfield. Um, I can't wait to be back Thursday. Can't wait. Yeah, Evan Morehouse, a good friend of the podcast. And besides the fact that he doesn't like dill pickle seeds and he calls those people suspect, he's a great guy. Oh, I agree with that. Who said that? I think it was was Dom Keegan yesterday. He said dill pickle. Come on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for the quick hits to get into that. Let's wait. Let's, Let's wait for uh, that. Yeah. You're stealing we'll, all we'll our thunder here. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. All right. At you, Albany. You were raking this summer. You started all 12 games. You were hitting 317, 451 on base percentage, three stolen bases. Where did you feel like you were at when the season ended? Oh, I was seeing I was seeing the ball real well um, in the spring at Albany this year. Such a bummer that the season got cut short, but I felt like I was finding barrels. I was taking my walks. I was putting the ball in play with two, just simplifying my approach and hitting behind runners, all that good stuff. But I thought, I thought we were going to give – Hartford, Stony Brook, and Bingo are run for their money in the tournament. I really thought we had a, had a shot to, to win a ring and go on a plane and hit the NCAAs, but we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, it was good stuff. I was hitting well. The boys were hitting well. I mean, our whole team just hit stride. And in 2019, you received a great honor as a member of that ball club. You were named to the America East All-Rookie Team after making 44 appearances you had a great season at the plate. You also were five for five in terms of stolen bases. What did it mean to receive that honor after your first season playing in college? That meant the world to me. That That's one of my most um, most prideful accomplishments, I'd say. And um, I went into Albany, the only school that took a chance on me and, and gave me an offer out of my prep school where, where I went to, to get to that D1 level where I'm at right now. And and it meant, it meant the world to me. I mean, I went in there. They said I was in a red shirt. I busted my ass off, got in the lineup, and I really just ran with it and just did the most I can. And I was really proud of that year and where we ended. It was a bummer we lost uh, we lost the tournament in two games, but that was, that was a great great step for me in my career. So you finished the season as a two seed. As you mentioned, dropped the first two games in tournament play and were eliminated. Do you feel like that postseason result added fuel to the fire in 2020 before the season ultimately got canceled? Oh, it definitely did. I mean, ever since we, we left that complex in Binghamton, going 0-2, it's just been a disgusting taste in my mouth, to be brutally honest. I mean, that was that was tough. We got the bye. We were in a great spot. And it was just tough to, to see those seniors go so quick. I mean, I thought we were going to have a long weekend out there and maybe even uh, go a little jet airliner, you know. <laughs> so it was a bummer. But, you know, he still got, still got some more time to, to win a ring over there. And from the diamond to the classroom – you're a political science major. Any thoughts about plans after baseball? Yeah, so obviously I'm trying to play ball as long as I can. I ultimately want to get drafted and get paid to play the children's game, which would be unbelievable. It's been a goal of mine since I was, I don't even know, three years old, four years old, ever since I got a ball in my hand. And um, political science, I think uh, that'll help me, hopefully, uh, after my playing career, take, a, take law, a law degree, go to law school, hopefully. My brother is a role model for me. He's actually just did great on his LSATs, and he's applying to law school. So it'd be great to follow in his footsteps because that's a great job. I know 
and um, I can make a great living like that if baseball were to not work out. That's tremendous to hear. I know that if anyone were to enter in the courtroom with Dolan O'Castle as their attorney, they're winning that case 10 times out of 10. That's just my opinion. Love that. I love it. So working our way back a little bit further, you mentioned you played your post-grad year at Cheshire Academy, a program that's produced a lot of great baseball talent, especially in this league, one of which happens to be your Starfires teammate, Danny Crossan. What was your experience like playing there? Oh, it was awesome. So, so taking it a step back, actually, I went for my, my uh, visit to Cheshire Academy in the spring of my, of my senior year at Pearl River High School in 2017. And I was really deciding if I, if I were going to do this or if I were going to go to school and just be, be a student and work towards that law degree, that pre-law degree, so I could set myself up for the future. But had some tough decisions, came to that decision with my father that I want to do this and I want to play Division One baseball. And I went on my visit with Danny Crosen. Actually, he took me around, showed me, uh, showed me the the lines up at Cheshire Academy, and I got up with the boys. It was, I think it was twelve, thirteen post grads, all like minded individuals, like had that fuel to get to that next level, and just a great situation. Got in the weight room with them just about every day, out on the field, the turf, the backfield, whatever, whatever it was. It was, it was just really like, education was great as well. But we were all there for that one specific reason. We wanted to get to that next level, and it worked out for 20 of us. I think we had 11 of the 13 postgrads signed a Division One letter of intent, and two other guys went to top D2 school. So it was it was real good stuff. Yeah, there's nothing like that chemistry right when you walk into the building. That's right, and that's what I'm saying. Everyone like-minded individuals, so we all were there for a common goal. So we got, we got right to work day one, and it was it was just awesome. Just that atmosphere up there. A lot of different teams too with these prep schools. It's all these teams are just hard-nosed guys and they, they know what they want and they go out and get it. And that's, it was great to be a part of a group of people like that. Yeah, absolutely. And baseball, not the only sport you played at Cheshire Academy, soccer and hockey as well. You were a two-time MVP of the hockey team. Tell us about your skills on the ice. So hockey's actually always been one of my, one of my favorite sports, to be honest with you, pond hockey, roller hockey, ice hockey, of course. So my eighth or my ninth grade year, actually, it was my freshman year in high school. I got to play on the same line as one of my older brothers. So that was unbelievable. I mean, I looked in the stands, I looked like my parents, my parents were just like my mom. She, she just looked like she was in tears of joy to see him, her two sons out there together. So it was really special. Like hockey built a lot of relationships, just like baseball, just a real close knit uh, community. So hockey will always have a, a dear spot in my heart. I really love the sport. You ever talk puck with Evan Morehouse, your GM, who also serves as director of hockey ops at Brown? Of course. Yeah, we talk hockey. Yeah, I don't think he's too much of a fan of me being a Ranger fan, getting that number one overall pick. So, so I got to bust his chops a little bit about that. It looks like we're going to be in good shape for the, for the Rangers. <laughs> I don't know. Those ping pong balls were a little, little suspect as they fell. I heard, I heard they thought it was a little bit too heavy or something. My, my older brother was telling me that. I got to look into that, but I'm not going to ask any questions with, the, with that. <laughs> the Rangers getting the one. Lafreniere, that top prospect, he's going to be doing special things. So, you know, regardless of if it was a stroke of luck or if Gary Benton was pulling some strings, going <laughs> to be a good couple of years to be a Rangers fan a few years down the line. For sure. I live 30 minutes away from the garden, Madison Square Garden, so I'll make sure to pay him a visit if he's in the lineup, which I'm sure he will be. That's fantastic. 
And before we move to our final segment, how about a message to Starfire fans? I know you could probably go on for 20 minutes about this, but just a quick little message to fans as you return on Thursday and as we head toward the end of the season. I'll keep it short and sweet. I mean, um, what do we got? A week and a half left. And um, I think we got some more Bowens magic left in the Starfire. So I don't know. I might be looking into the future a bit, but I think we're going to get another walk-off at home before the season ends. That's just how the story goes at the Starfires, it seems. There's nothing like that Bullens magic. You mentioned it yourself. It's contagious when you get in there and the rallies start coming. I'll always remember the first win in franchise history at home. Westfield was down by five runs, ultimately came back on a crazy run, and the legend was born right there that night. As it was. So, Dolan, you already mentioned you're familiar with it. I'm very excited for our final segment here with you. It's called Quick Hits, presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. I see you got that Starfire's lid right behind you over your left shoulder, looking pretty snazzy. Oh, yeah, show that off to the fans. I do. I got my Starfire hat right here. I love it. Zephyr, high (laughs) quality and innovative design since 1993. It looks sharp on Dolan. It looks sharp on all of our players on the field. So we got a couple questions for our audience to help to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? Let's do it. Sweet. Favorite teammate in the Futures League? Oh, my goodness. You've been asking everyone this. It's brutal. Um, I mean, going back to last year, the guys I lived with in that host house, that, that took me in. Elijah Dill at Kansas State was a great guy, great teammate. I had Justin Butts, lefty pitcher. Uh, Chen's camera, he's great. And then go, going to this year, all the Hartford guys are awesome. Domkowski, Martino, and uh, Kellogg. And um, I got I to gotta put in Cali there. I mean – He's just been, been great to me. Um, up the middle playing with him is awesome. I mean, he helps out in every aspect of the game imaginable. So he's been through it. He's a, he's a repeat senior. He's going to be with this coronavirus. So he's been through been through it. So he's just giving me every bits and pieces, whether it be hitting, baseball-wise, just life-wise, even just, just hitting, hitting in, um, in the cages, just little tweaks and, and changes. So it's great to work with Cali. Great kid. I love that kid. He's brought a great bat to the lineup, too, and I'm sure that relationship is so key as the middle infielders. You guys, with as much defensive talent as you have, just working off each other. Definitely. I mean, he's been he's finding barrels left and right right now. He's, he's hitting the ball extremely well. It's, it's fun to watch that kid play. Favorite opposing ballpark in the Futures League? Ooh, so dating back to last year, had to be Worcester. I mean, no better atmosphere than there, right, especially when it's packed. On firework night, it's a great atmosphere. But with the addition to the to the Beehive, New Britain Stadium, I mean, that's that's the that's the place to be this year. I mean, obviously Westfield, Westfield, Bowens Field, we like playing at home. But when we're on the road, New Britain Bees, that stadium's electric. It really is. They had a walk off win last night, so we're recording on Tuesday. Last night, the place was rocking. Hopefully, it'll be jumping on Thursday. So once again, I hope so. I hope so. Actually, on release day, when this comes out, it will be your return day. So something for the fans tuning in. To that's look right. That's right. That's how it's going to work out. It looks – that's right. Now, tell us about your walk-up music, whether at school or in the Futures League. All right. So I'm, a, I'm like a country guy, so when it comes to my music. So, um, in high school, I used Elevation, actually, by U2. So, and, then I, and then I went back to my, my comfort and country. I like that song. I mean – who doesn't? Elevation, how does that not pump you up? Hit a double, hit a home run, let's go. But um, last year, I was actually watching the, the movie Moneyball and the song uh, Money, Money from, I think it was Billy Idol who sings it. So I was like, it was right when they hit the stadium and I was listening and I was like, that's a baseball song. I got I to gotta walk up to that. So I walked up to that last year uh, for Westfield and 
this year in Westfield, I'm coming up to coming to your city from Big and Rich, which hits home with uh, going to summer ball and just trying to put on a show for the fans and stuff like that. So it's, it's good. I'm going back to country. Uh, last year at school, I walked up to Good Time by Alan Jackson. You can't get more uh, country than that. I think the music video, they're doing a breaking the world record for the longest kick line, if you can believe that. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I'll be shuffling through my music as I was running batting practice and uh, walk up music playlist and I'll still hear money, money. And it'll say number 16, Dolan Castle right on it. So that's hilarious. Still, still lives yeah. in my library. That's Favorite funny. big league team. As I said earlier, it's gotta be New York Yankees. I'm, I'm right, right out of the city, like 20 minutes North of Manhattan, 25, 30 minutes in Pearl River, New York. So gotta be the Yankees. No question about it. As a follow up to that favorite player in the majors. Favorite player in the majors currently? Current or historical? All right. So growing up in high school, I was I was five foot flat. I, I finally grew. I'm finally at six one now, but I was five foot flat my freshman year. So I'm gonna get a lot of heat from this from my buddies at home. But I was a Dustin Pedroia fan. As a diehard Yankee fan, I just respected the hell out of Dustin Pedroia. I also I love playing in MLB the show with uh the Craig Biggio card. He actually um he played at Seton Hall with Mo Vaughn, and my father was actually on that team back there, too, at Seton Hall. So I love playing with that Craig Vigio card, just hearing my dad talk about what he did in real life and uh, how he put on – just hit nukes and stuff and ran the bases so well at Seton Hall. And just great to, to just play with a guy that played real ball in college with my father. So just it's cool. It's cool That's stuff. awesome. I'm sure he's got some great stories about being in the locker room and just playing alongside guys like Vigio and Vaughn. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I hear it all. It's crazy stuff. You can not believe it. <laughs> all right. So for a guy like you who's great at the plate and in the field, how about a bat and a glove that you use? All right. So the bat that I've been using is um, Christian Yelich model. No free shout outs. I'll give one to uh, Pater, Pater Bat Company, Jeremiah Vargas from, uh, from last year on the Starfires at Stonehill now. No free shout outs. Just remember that. Um, <laughs> that's a Cali thing. No free shout outs. And um, for my glove, the pro preferred when I'm when I'm in the infield, outfield, I got another pro preferred, and then when I catch, I like using the the A2000, that orange glove, the Wilson. So I got them all. <laughs> and then how about cleats that you're lacing up? My cleats, I've always used New Balances, but at U Albany, we actually just went over to an Under Armour contract, so for a sponsorship. So I've been using the the Under Armour Mike Traps. So a little mixed up, never hurt anybody. No, sir. And how about a baseball nickname? Oof, I got a lot of those. I mean, from <laughs> Little League, back to, going back to the Little League days, I had a, a coach called uh, Coach Josephson, and his son actually, he played football and baseball at uh, St. Joe's Regional in Montvale, New Jersey. And he gave me the nickname Dirt because it just seemed like whenever I had a chance, I would just slide in. Just, I, I feel like if I don't go home dirty, I just I didn't play well or I didn't do my job that day. So, so definitely Dirt. I mean, around Westfield, I get the, the nickname OC from my last name, but I like to keep that for my, my older brother, Connor, because he's OC. He's the real OC. <laughs> I like Dirt. That's a great nickname. Yeah. <laughs> and then are you superstitious at all? Nah, just a little stitious. Just got to get some – a little McDonald's before my games. That's about it. <laughs> just a little, a little double burger with some Big Mac sauce on, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we've heard about the fast food routine plenty on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure about it. And then number. You wear number 16 for the Starfires and Albany. Any reason for that number? My birthday is actually December 16th. Uh, 
December 16th. I got this chain on right now, actually. Uh, this necklace has a 16. Everyone in my family has got their number on their neck. So I've been 16 my whole life. I actually lucked out. I went to Albany and um, I was, they gave me number 20. And then, then the next day, and number 16 went home. So I called coach up and he was awesome. He was like, come down to the office, grab your gear. And it was, I was just awesome just to be able to get there and get my number that I've always worn. Just a, just a com comfort thing, really. Awesome. December 16th, we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> no free shout outs. <laughs> no free shout outs. How did I forget already? And then bubblegum or sunflower seeds? Gotta be sunflower seeds. These, these, these dill pickle guys gotta get out of here, though. It's the ranch and cracked pepper. Ranch and cracked pepper. I'm just gonna go to the next question here. Uh, how about, and then lastly, how about a favorite all time baseball memory? Favorite all time baseball memory? Oof. One's definitely gotta be assigning that letter of intent after going to Cheshire Academy and finally finally finding a home to play college ball at. That was definitely one. I mean, my father's been been a coach of mine just growing up. He stopped around when I was 14 years old and let me go and play on my own just, just for the betterment of, of me, my, my play. So just winning championships with him, anything with Purva Little League, and he was also the coach of our Purva Yankee team. So any any of those championships, just being on the field with those guys from my hometown, we got – we got a couple of guys playing Division One baseball right now. Like Ryan McClinsky is at Seton Hall. He played for us. He was great. He's their Friday night guy. We got um, Andrew Dieter Burtis. He was awesome too. Another pitcher. He was at Davidson. And then um, we also his the guy who coached with my father. His name is Chris McGee, and his son's actually playing Division One hockey at Quinnipiac. So we had a great a great roster, and it was it was awesome that it was just guys from our town that we grew up with. So all those memories I hold dear to my heart. Well, Dolan, that's going to conclude this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure as always. Best of luck with everything leading up to your return on Thursday, which will be release day in New Britain. We're so excited to visit you. I'll be at the park. We'll see you on the diamond very soon, my friend. Thank you. It was great to be here with you guys. I enjoyed it. I'll see you Thursday. Absolutely. This has been episode 23 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.